0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. member FDIC. Disney, they do that. There's a there's a talk you get at the beginning where they're like you know, check for reflections, just don't take photos in the building.
1: Mm. I used to work for Disney I mean, they too. They got to
0: keep they got to keep Frozen 3 under wraps somehow.
2: <laughs> yeah, so Counters going, sites are connecting. We'll be live in about twenty seconds, um, and we'll do the, the intro stuff for Albicon, and then get into this awesome cyberpunk panel.
0: Uh, questions are going to be from that email.
2: Yeah, yeah, we'll go over that. All right, here we go. <laughs> Brought to you by It's Good to Give. You can support It's Good to Give by buying tickets at albacon.co.uk. Hey, what's up everybody? This is the official Cyberpunk panel for Albacon. Brought to you by Cyberpunk Uncensored. And uh, yeah, before we get into it, I just want to do some introductions here. I'm your host for the evening. I'm Rob Mulligan. I'm a game master. I'm also the founder of Cyberpunk Uncensored. And uh, and yeah, that's where you can find everything from live gameplay to GM tips, the Game Master Roundtable. Uh, we have a, a community blog, a Discord, um, just all kinds of cyberpunk stuff, sponsored discounts. Uh, you can find that at cyberpunkuncensored.com or cyberpunkuncensored on all social media sites. But don't go there now. Stay with our panel and join us because we got a lot of cool stuff to go over. I've got the guys from our Talsorian Games here with me. But before you guys introduce yourselves... Let me introduce my buddy, John Amir, aka John John the Wise. He's a fellow cyberpunk enthusiast and content creator. John, why don't you introduce yourself and tell people where they can find you?
3: All right. Thank you very much, Rob. My name is John John the Wise, and I am a content creator, as Rob said, for Cyberpunk, the tabletop game, Cyberpunk 2020 and Red. And you can find me on youtube.com slash John John the Wise, where I make all kinds of content for Cyberpunk. And I also have a podcast called Tabletop Cyberpunk where I literally just talk about cyberpunk. I ramble, and I just had a really cool guest on Chris Hawk about the creator of Interface Magazine, and we talked about old school cyberpunk stuff. And uh, he had some words of wisdom. So if you guys are interested in cyberpunk, the tabletop game, then you know where to find somebody that's making content for it. Go straight to my social media as well, John John the Wise. You can find me on all social media. And that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, and so
2: now let's pass the mic to either James or, or Jay, whoever wants to kind of introduce
0: yourselves. Why don't you start, Jay?
4: Sure. My name is Jay Gray. I am the media ambassador for Artel Zorian Games. I am also a writer on Cyberpunk Red and the layout artist for that exact same product.
0: Hell yeah! Uh, I'm James Hutt. I'm a game designer at Artel Zorian Games. And I uh, design on both the uh, Cyberpunk and Witcher lines. And I did a fair uh, – I did a lot of work on this book.
3: Oh, yeah. No, the Mayor then, of Balancetown. You yeah, forgot yeah. that title. Yeah, that's where he's mayor- sitting
0: right
2: now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, and first off, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we really appreciate you, know, you taking the time out. And same goes for everybody that's tuning into the live stream and or watching the video uh, with Albicon. And before we get into it, let me mention all proceeds for Albicon go to the charity Good to Give, which is basically helping little kids fight cancer. So it's a great charity. Show some support. Go play some games and do something good. It's a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, Before we get into Cyberpunk Red, and we definitely have different things we want to talk about there, um, why don't you... Give a little background for maybe somebody that's tuning in or watching this that hasn't played Cyberpunk or doesn't really know about it, give kind of a breakdown of exactly what Cyberpunk is.
4: Cyberpunk yeah, is a game that might kill your character.
2: Yeah, very true. That's the I guess that's the uh the short answer there, huh?
4: Yeah. Cyberpunk is a game uh created first published in nineteen, I wanna say eighty eight, uh in the first edition in a box set uh at the time most science fiction role-playing games for high space opera or hard science fiction, uh, Traveler uh, and the like. Star Trek, uh, Fossa had Star Trek around that t- time as well. Uh, and Cyberpunk was the first game to really hit the, the mean streets, the 20 minutes to the future, the, the grim and gritty. Uh, and, you know, obviously it's named after the genre from which it it came and it is exactly what it sounds like it is your ability to play in a cyberpunk world uh it's gone through a couple of editions since then the most uh, famous up until recently is cyberpunk 2020 which came out in 1990 uh I'm sure we, we we're confident cyberpunk red will will be the one everyone talks about after after it's published and uh you may have heard of a video game called cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> which is based on the cyberpunk role playing game and is in continuity which means it is all the same timeline. Uh, our role playing game is background material for 2077 and 2077 is the official future of our role playing game.
2: Well put. It's almost like you've well done said. this. Yeah, it's almost like you've said this before this uh this break. Yeah. let him do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah.
4: Yeah, no. Well, we're currently working on Cyberpunk Red, which is the new edition that takes place in 2045, what we call the time of the red, the tail end of the time of the red, um, which is smack dab in the middle between 2020, uh, the previous mentioned edition, and the video game 2077. Uh, the whole idea uh, behind it beyond the fact that you know, we're making a new edition because we've learned something about Uh, the game in 30 years of playing it and watching people play it is uh, we want to tell the story of how the world gets from 2020 to 2077.
2: Yeah, no. And, and I should add, you know, I definitely want to get into the environments and things because it's one of the most interesting things about red that I love is just how, crazy it just changed from 2020 just how abrupt the the lore and storyline went you know post fourth corporate war with the the pocket nuke going off and just everything changing the nuclear fallout the skies are red now it's finally getting back i mean it's just so cool and i want to talk about all that um but before we do that let's kind of let's put james the 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 rule, Mayor yeah, town. We'll go with, uh, you know, let's put him through the ringer here about some things that we really want to talk about that I really love. Um, first, I want to kind of get into the changes. Uh, anybody familiar with 2020? Um, one of the things that's so popular is the life path stuff. It's it's, it's awesome. It's fun, and you guys have maintained that with red. Um, but you've also expanded that. You extend extended the life path with individual roles and stuff as well as extended role abilities. So if you kind of maybe talk about that a little bit, that would be
0: awesome. Anything that you can say about that stuff, obviously. Sounds good. Well, I'll just start with life path because it's how your character, you know, you start fleshing them out as a real person in this like awesomely grounded physical world uh, you get to role play in. Uh, Life Path is amazing when we first did it. It's still amazing. I think there will not be an RTL uh, product without Life Path in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I think that's going nowhere. Uh, uh, but uh, here, of all,
4: our, of all our lines, only two games do not have life paths. Oh wow! And one is Teenagers, if and the they're... other is Falconstein. Oh,
3: we okay. Remake
0: them.
4: They get life paths. falcon team will have a life path if we make.
0: <laughs>
3: if, if James is on the on the docket, it's um, gonna have a life path. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, but you're right. Uh, the big um, the big update to life path this time is you get to run a life path. Who are you? And then you get to run a life path about what you do? Like, what's your job? Um, yes, you have this role, but what type of fixer are you? Um, This is really exciting for Corpse because you get a little bit more um, detailing on what type of corporation you work for, which Mm -hmm. tends to make all the difference when uh, you're named after it, right? Oh, yeah. If you're an exec at Biotechnica, um, you're going to have a different character than if you're an exec at Continental Brands, managing a potted meat brand or something
3: right Uh, what made you guys decide to extend uh, the life path to specific roles and to give them their own ability to tell a a further story uh, according to what occupation they have what made you guys think that you needed to go in that direction
0: so the really simple
3: answer to this
0: is it's a more of a good thing situation like you can never have too much of a good thing in this case more life path just ended up being better. Uh, we tried it with it, and we were like, "Yeah, this is better. Let's put it in." Uh, Mike spearheaded that, and everybody else just went like, "Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Of course, can we get more?"
4: Yeah,
1: no, yeah, most and, definitely. Part of, yeah, uh,
4: part, we... part of it is we want to flesh out roles too, because um, in the past, um, you know, you're you're a rocker boy. What does that mean? And you know. I sing songs and now, you know, you know, you, you can use life path to know where you put your music out, what kind of venues you play, you know, did you have a band? If you did have a band and you don't have a band anymore, why don't you have a band anymore? Um, and it just, it, it makes you, it makes what you are feel more like part of your character and not just a mechanic.
2: Yeah. No, I was going to say, it's it, like, James was saying, it's, it's helpful. It's, it's more, um, I feel like not just for players, but for GMs too, because it gives you more things to kind of work with within campaigns and such. It gives you a little more detail. Like for instance, in 2020, it was, and I think John, you brought this up before how kind of vague the, the court role ability and the rocker boy, it's kind of hard to delegate exactly what those resources are and what you can do. It's open for interpretation. Whereas now it's a bit more defined. And I think it's, it's, so appreciated like it's more elaborated and defined and just i don't know it's cool for the player and the game master i feel
3: well i'll say as uh oh sorry you go ahead go ahead james
0: well from the game design side of this um we fleshed out roles a lot more uh in this edition um so they all play uniquely and they'll change the way you play the character like they should uh and because of that, we kind of needed to focus on that in that way in other parts of the design too, and uh, it just ends up you know synergizing really well. Hate using the word, but
2: it does. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no,
3: it's true though. What were we gonna say, John? Oh well, what I was gonna say is, uh, as somebody that was introduced to Twenty Twenty back in the day, the first thing that I loved about the game was the life path system because me and my buddy we sat down, we rolled some dice, and by the time we Ended creating my character before we even started the game. We had a story with my character. There was an entire story, head to toe, but siblings, enemies, allies, anything, and we could just sit there and talk about my character for three, four hours without even rolling dice and playing the game. And so when you guys came to Red and had to revisit that, you guys essentially have done the exact same thing, but given a new modern look and really just laser focused on creating that specific story for the specific character with the extended life path and role role uh, life path stuff.
0: We we should we should mention that you have the you have the rules.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we oh, have yes. yeah, any, anybody <laughs> watching,
3: <laughs> people will think you're clairvoyant. Yeah, no, yeah, um, we, yeah, yeah. We, we have we, the,
4: we have even out the rules to a couple of uh, a couple of actual play groups we're on good terms with. Yeah, uh, yeah both groups here
3: yeah we we have the rob and i have the honor of having the uh core rules uh well you know not the beta we should say yeah yeah because there there's still some surprises apparently and i'm excited for those surprises but yeah yeah So, yeah.
2: I was going to add, too, uh, you know, when it comes to that life path stuff that I love uh, with Cyberpunk and and so well put, John, like it definitely is like that. I I can still remember some of those discussions when I was a kid playing because you can just see it because it's so elaborate and just in detail and now even more so. But I feel like Cyberpunk gives great session zero. I always love saying that because it's just, it's true. Like you can always have a really good session zero with Cyberpunk where it's like almost. A, a, a movie or something or scripture reading or talking about, you know, like it's, it's great. So I, I love that yeah. about it.
4: Yeah. I, I think life paths, it's, it's session zero is fun too. Cause if you all, if you all get together, you do your life paths at the same time, you can start saying, Oh, you did that thing. So it makes sense. And I see that I did this thing. And I can see where our backgrounds connect with each other.
0: And you can do, maybe do a little bit of weaving too. If y'all oh, do I it together. It. Yeah. That's, oh, the yeah best, that's, 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 that's the best exactly part. best exactly what I do.
2: Yeah, it's the best part. Session 0, you know, everyone just you know, talks about their characters and then you kind of figure out how they all work together and know each other or whatever. So then when you head up into session 1, it's already making sense and you have that world established and like cyberpunk is so great for
3: that. It's awesome. But um And you know what? Um sorry to cut you off, but no, no. a lot of uh a lot of GMs out there, they're always worried about, will these players take my plot hook? If I create <laughs> this plot hook, will they want to do the thing that I want them to do? Well, if you look at their life path system and you do a session zero with all of them together, they're giving you all the little nuggets you, of information you need to create the plot hook that will hook them into the plot that you want them to be into. And right. it, it doesn't have to feel like, uh, you know, you're, you're throwing something at them and they're not biting because you're giving them something that they're motivated to do because it's a part of their history. Oh, yeah. In,
0: in a way, they are the plot hook
3: no no exactly they're the plot hook and it's just that life
2: path is full of motivations that a gm can manipulate and play with Mm, you know so (laughs) no it's great i love it um the other thing i wanted to just kind of mention is i love that you guys uh kind of got into multi-classing i know we've been dabbling a little bit in the live gameplay there's been chatter about it some of my players want to kind of look into that possibly possibly but um but yeah, I kind of I think that's really cool that you you guys kind of expanded some things. So you didn't just expand with what you had, but you've added in some things. And like that's one of the things that you've added that I think is really cool. It's kind of based in reality, which is cool. Like you know, people can kind of change career paths and life paths and things. And like, but what kind of brought that on?
0: So this edition is um, is a is a little bit more modular. Um, style of game design, and with that it's uh, there are a lot of character concepts, um, I call them fantasies that players have that they want to live out in the game and um, multiclassing just you know, I'm, I'm not talking like a gestalt d d character I have one level in every class uh, I- I'm talking like I want to be a fixer that used to be a solo that's a Really, really common character that people want to play, or uh, you know, I used to be a um, I used to be a uh, med tech uh, during the war, and so I kind of have a little solo, a little med tech, um,
3: or just like so a corporate was, security really guard that... would be like a corporate solo, right? Something like that, too.
0: Players wanted it, that's why we did it.
4: Yeah, everyone was saying, as you could have. have... You're
0: going to have it and say, yeah, yeah, of course. Yep. Well, no, that,
2: that's right. And I think it's based in reality.
4: I made a balance. Don't, don't be worried.
2: No, no, exactly. I think, uh, cool. Yeah, let me add, like everything that you've done, I feel like it's all based in reality. And that's what's so cool about Cyberpunk for me and a lot of people is it's easy to just kind of – it's immersive. You can easily just get right into it and it feels real because everything that you've done makes sense. And like someone like me and a, and a lot of game masters, you don't just want to hear a rule and this is how you do it. You want to understand the mechanics behind it and why, so you can truly understand it and not forget it and implement it into a game properly. And, and these I feel, harder questions, man. Yeah, yeah no. these are
0: these are like, <laughs> yeah, you're great. Yeah, we no, love this. Yeah, I get it. The, the other
4: reason, <laughs> yeah, the other reason it's there is because, um, you know, once upon a time, uh, this. this it, You know, back in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, it was possible to have a job and have and be in that career for like your entire life, right? Yeah, yeah. And who does that now, right? No, exactly. Even if you wanted to do it, could you do it? So, you know, that's also just a reflection of the way the world's changed.
2: No, exactly. And I think, but I, like I said, I think it's, it's based in a reality that's just so, um, understand understandable or however you want to want to put it relatable uh to reality that it's just it's it's a great concept to drop in there and i think it's cool the way that you did it um and like you said it's wait ba- wait it's till you see
3: the
4: downtime
1: system
3: Ooh, ooh, okay i, like, I nice. love in between <laughs> sessions stuff so if you got Hell something yeah. cooking for us
4: yeah i, I won't say oh, too man. much about it but i will say it's both the most beautiful most frustrating thing i've ever seen james design
3: oh I, james
0: i will say that i have a degree in economics and uh, I have perfectly worked out the time value of money. Awesome. There is no way oh, you are going right. to escape. I love
3: that. Y- your confidence is scary, man.
4: It perfectly encapsulates the gig economy.
3: That's great. Awesome. That's awesome. great. I wanted to ask you, James. Uh, so obviously you guys, you know, there's a 30-year-old game, Cyberpunk 2020. And um, we're now going into a modern era. You guys have to modernize the rules. And you did a really good job as uh, as a fan. I can tell you did it. I've said it a million times already, but I wanted to know what did you guys look at for modernizing the rules as far as 2020 goes? And when I looked at 2020 as a, as a book, it's more open for whatever you want. You can power play. You can have 10 in every stat, 10 in every skill. You can do whatever you want. And there was even stuff in there that probably had no business being in a core rule book because it was way too overpowered. But when I'm looking at the red core rulebook, I'm looking at where you guys have taken a different approach where you're like, hey, if you're, if you're making a character at character creation, it needs to be like this. And I'm wondering why you guys decided to do it that way.
0: Uh, well, there's a really simple answer uh, here, and it's that you cannot be everything to all people, step one. And two, um, you can't balance something that has a million different variables, um, at least from the gate, you know. So uh, having that initial start being bounded, and by the way, you can still make a whole lot of characters in character generation. Yeah. Uh, it, is, uh, it is incredibly versatile. Uh, but just saying, you know, let's keep this box on the top of it and let's keep this box on the bottom of it. Uh, it's going to allow um, your even your new people, like brand new to role-playing and then power gaming. I looked up this build on a forum Um, characters, uh, to be of similar, at least ballparks, you know, you're not going to have people who like drop tens and then are trying to role play, having too, and too cool and too, um, tech because they wanted to get 10 in their other stats. Um, just, you know, real people aren't like that. They're more well-rounded. Uh, you know, they may have a downside, they may have an advantage. Uh, but they're pretty much within a bell curve. Uh,
4: yeah, there's also the story to consideration too. I mean, how many times did you see? Oh, I start the game off and I have a ten in my special ability, and yet somehow I'm living in a I'm living in a dung hole. Right. Why am I living in a shotgun shack? Yeah. If I'm Einstein.
3: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you as a as a GM's perspective, you know, I most of the GMs that I knew would already do these limitations when they were playing 2020 or similar ones because they had the same idea. You know, you wanted your character, your players to work up to something, but then you would get like the side eye from some players that are like, "Hey, why can't I have a ten in this stat? Why can't <laughs> I have a ten in this skill?" The book lets me do it, so this actually kind of gives us this ability to be like, "Hey, you know, we're trying to." We're, we're not setting limitations because we're trying to stunt you. We're setting limitations because we want to show you how amazing this world can be once you grow in it.
0: So one of my goals in character creation in 2020, all I did was character creation. It brought cheer to my heart. And you guys are like, I had fun just playing life path because in 2020, I know I was in like high school and I couldn't find anyone to play with this game with me. We all wanted to play three five there. Uh, but all I got to do was roll life path and make characters and at a certain point I was like I can make any you know it's a lot more fun if I set these parameters and try to make characters than these parameters Uh, this is this is this is again uh, all, all to say that it is very very versatile especially if you're taking complete package you have control over everything Yep. And you have control in a manner
4: that will not snap the game. Yep. To, to, to explain that uh, Cyberpunk Red will have three methods of character generation, uh, what we call Street Rat, uh, Edge Runner, and the complete package. And the Street, uh, Street Rat is, here is a template. You have some very small customization options, but you get to play right there. It's more or less what's in the Jumpstart kit right now, if you have that. Uh, the next level up is... Um, uh, Ed Runner, which is a little bit more like character generation in 2020 where you have specific packages you can allocate within. And complete package, the only thing that's role-dependent is your special ability. Beyond that, you could be a rocker boy who can't play an instrument. You can be a solo who can't shoot a gun. It is your choice. The only thing you have to do is there is a small package of basic skills everybody has to have a two in.
0: Like you, you got to have it too in street wise because you go outside and right. you got to know, and you give you some languages too. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, yeah. That I, would be I, weird for you not to have. You I know, love I, that I, about yeah, it. Yeah. I love that I you love have that.
2: the base skills because every human can like, you know, I feel like everybody can at least walk on their tippy toes a little and try to be a little stealthier. They at least not like throw a punch a little bit or like you said, street wise or something like there's certain things I feel that, are just like base human stuff, even though it's a little, you know, just like a, a little bit of skill. But it, I, I love that it, there is that sort of base line on certain things. Yep. Anyways.
0: Since we're talking about this, I did make sure uh, that if you want to not have a session zero, if you want to say everybody go roll characters and then show up to session uh, one with your characters, you can say very easily, like in a group text, like here's the, we're doing the recommended start, we're not doing group start. Mm-hmm. And then everybody can do it and since there's no roll stat sorry there is a roll stat but I, assuming this text message would say build complete package characters uh nobody can like budget dice roll or something in their life path uh to you know be friends with you know uh the,
4: the, the secret inheritor of Johnny
0: like Silverhand's
3: fortune. The secret inheritor. Yeah. Hander- yeah, right, and that's
0: why I got the Malaria. Yeah, the yeah, rate. you
3: tell a buddy yeah. in 2020 to go roll a character sheet and he comes back and he's like, hey, I got lucky, I, I got three new yeah. skills, I got a yep. new mentor, <laughs> I got... You know, and and so. that, is,
4: that is something we should, we should mention, is that the life path, this is, I, I'm calling it smoothing, has been smoothed out so that the big thing is the, the, the yearly life events are no longer there because that would happen. You get the one person who was just has the worst luck and got nothing but losses, which leads to great role play, but, um, puts them <laughs> in a severe disadvantage. The guy who, the person who got, you know, nothing but big wins and ended up with an extra $10,000 to spend because of it. And, you know, uh, all the mentors, all the friends, and uh and just was feeling left out,
0: so what I'm saying is you can go to a convention and people can bring starting characters, and that's gonna be okay.
4: That's true. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to bring a character you just made to any convention and sit down at the table unless it is a character that just does not fit in the adventure mold like oh here is my here is my uh here is my high rider, and we're in a nomad adventure and, right, right. I'm in space. yep but beyond that yeah no it is it's not the same as say that we're not doing we're we're not on the level of pathfinder or D&D organized play either this is still a system that has a lot of room for interpretation and thought and this is not me dashing on d and pathfinder honestly isn't um but it is not <laughs> no, rules it's, not it's hard
1: not
3: to compare yeah. with other rpgs yeah, yeah. even yeah. when you're talking yeah. about rpgs yeah. you know
4: rules were not written to cover every possible situation and tell you exactly what to do no matter what happens, the rules were written with the assumption that your table is your table, and it's different from my table, and it's different from you know the table down the street. If you're lucky to have neighbors who game, uh, and because of that, uh, we are we can't we can give you the rules, but we are not going to tell you. We're going to leave room for you to interpret the rules too.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. We do have a we have a recommended start. It's a heavy recommendation, but we do give other options even then um nice
3: well i'll say that as a as a 2020 gm for the longest time that had to give like limitations and like <laughs> a document to all my players like hey this is an additional document on top of the book of like all the things i want when it came to red i didn't need to do anything like that i just said you guys got the rules uh, maker character we came on day one and everything worked Everything that, was perfect.
2: Yeah, I think nice. that, that's why he's the mayor of Town, right? He, he he covered all the bases for us, you know, us GMs out there. That's awesome.
0: Uh, yeah, until <laughs> until there are more of you than I can see in one room. Yeah, yeah. Stack you
4: all Yeah, up until there smarter people Somebody than Somebody figures than us. something out. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, someone with well, two economics degrees. Yeah, yeah. No plan to contact <laughs> the enemy. If, if every if a game was if any game was perfect there wouldn't be new additions, so
1: Yeah.
2: No exactly. And one you know, speaking of uh, you know, other RPGs and stuff, one of the things you've kind of worked into this is is the new system as far as HP, uh versus how what, do you want to explain kind of what's what you know, the changes there and what brought that on?
0: So uh honestly there's not much change, uh changing wound states to HP when you think about it. Uh, we have different uh, so as you get damaged in Cyberpunk Red uh, you're going to become less effective because you're losing half you know being at half health is actually a terrifying thing to ever have happened to you in the real world Um, (laughs) that's that's halfway to death Uh, you know uh, but So there are still wound states, and that maintains the grittiness that uh, hits had. Um, But tracking HP is a standard in gaming, and uh, it's there because it keeps turns short, and uh, the shorter everybody else's turn is, the faster it's your turn
2: yeah yeah and let me okay. and let me add to just real quick for people that were uh apprehensive at this because i see a lot of people talk about you know there's people that prefer or dislike like whatever the new system you have worked in a way where, you know, the, the body mods and all the, the things that were extra crunchy in 2020 are kind of worked into that chart where you've combined body and, and will to kind of make it work with this HP. So just everybody out there, don't worry. It's kind of built in now. It's not just gone, it's, but it's kind of built in and more streamlined. Am I correct in that thinking?
4: Yeah, Mike. Mike is fond of saying that uh, the truth is that Cyberpunk 2020 and Cyberpunk: The Original Edition, they always had hit points. It's just we we did some weird math with the body type modifier, so that. Uh, to, to to work around the concept of varying hit points, uh, so now of course you, hit points vary depending on your will and your body. And in every in twenty twenty, everyone had the same hit points that were just a track of boxes. But the body type modifier was a secret nudge nudge wink wink math trick to uh, that did the exact same thing. We just removed it and and said, yeah, we're we're not pretending anymore.
3: Yeah, no, I love the way oh. you guys did it. Plus,
4: James, James, Cody, and Mike wrote some really cool critical wounds.
0: Oh,
3: oh yeah, I love so, the
0: critical yeah, wounds. So, so, so you got the wound states you're going down as you get lower and lower in health uh, based on your max. So, uh, And then you've got critical injuries uh, that are really easy to track because you trigger one whenever you do a ranged or melee attack and the dice you roll... You get boxcars, so two sevens anywhere in the dice you're rolling, which is... Sixes.
2: Sixes, yeah.
4: If sixes. you get sevens on the d 10, it's D6, James, you're really good.
3: Yeah, that's... Wait. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> two sixes, boxcars. Got it, got it. Two sixes. All right, yep. we're back. There we go. Yeah, no,
4: you, you seven sided dice down
3: here.
0: Six, two sixes, two <laughs> sixes, and
4: you will get. It. Or, or there are some special cases where you can inflict critical wounds through aim shots, martial arts, and running, running, running being rammed into by a car.
1: Yeah, I was going to say yes, we uh, we <laughs>
4: reuse the chart the chart a lot
0: uh, as keywords to keep everything uh, tight on one page, um, which I am very happy about. Yep. Okay, thank
4: you. Yeah, two pages, but it still <laughs> looks good.
3: By the <laughs> way, I, I was hoping I could ask you guys this question without going into the exact mechanics about it, but Autofire was one of those things that before Red came out, me and my buddy, we were sitting down. We were like, dude, what are they going to do? Like, how is this going to work? We're trying to like figure out like how would we do it? And uh, I'm a fan of the way you guys did it. And I'm wondering what made you guys decide to tackle it in such a way? Something needed to change.
4: If, if You uh, you know those websites that have the little word clouds and the words that get searched more have the bigger words? If you were to do a word cloud of uh, people talking about house rules for uh, Cyberpunk 2020, autofire would probably be the single biggest word in the word cloud. So net <laughs> running? Okay, sorry, after net running. Yeah, yeah I was going to
2: say we got to. We got to get into net running too, and I think that's yeah. the big.
4: So, yeah, no, it had to be a change, and they came up with a really good change.
0: Oh yeah,
2: no, I think it's awesome.
0: I'm very happy with how it works. In like the sort of meta of gameplay, it fits a very specific uh, role. Uh, there are reasons to not use auto fire as well as reasons to use auto fire, uh, which is exciting. Um, but uh. I, I don't think we can go into more detail. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, here I've actually got the beta. I'll just read it straight from the. Yeah, oh, yeah, I got it. It's, so it's, uh, if you're, a, if you're no at idea. a loss, yeah, you're at we, a loss we, we, for words. We can
4: say, yeah. Yeah, we, we can say that autofire is its own separate skill because that's been that's been revealed. Yeah. Autofire, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, firing a gun in auto fire is a different skill than firing a gun single shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, well, no sure, that makes sense. a machine gun. It's a it's yeah. a different. It requires a different technique.
2: Oh yeah. No, and again, another thing that you've done with that with all the skills, now I think it kind of simplified certain ones and pulled certain uh, abilities together within certain skills and then kind of split up other ones where maybe in 2020 it was kind of confusing what fell under it. And, that, you know, great job there too. And, um,
0: and we still have how many, Chad? God, 66
4: or 67. I forget the exact number. Enough that enough that I cried making the character sheet.
0: You you, you made me write a sidebar that said don't worry we know there are a lot of skills it's going to be okay yes <laughs> um, i
4: love that actually, yes it is. well it's because uh, you know i we, we were, this is this was a big topic of discussion actually is how many skills to have how to do them
1: mm-hmm.
4: um, and mike eventually came in and said okay a lot of games and you could tell you could tell us mike cuz he starts with okay uh, a lot of games right. <laughs> um you know they have a very specific scope you go and you, you play the world's most popular fantasy game you're dungeon crawling the dungeon may not actually be a dungeon it may be a forest it may be a tower it may be you know but you are and so there's a very specific set of skills you're going to need and you can leave things outside of it but you may cyberpunk is a game where you can play any facet of the cyberpunk universe you can play a nomad clan or trauma team group or a you know a corporate hit squad or you know a gang or a cult or just you know you could be just a bunch of people living in a neighborhood um and because you know we got we got new group start too yeah
0: and some interesting new exciting ways to play a group of people doing a similar task yep oh that's awesome Um,
4: but because of that though uh we, we didn't limit this, this. We didn't narrow down the the scope of skills as much as we could have. We could have thrown all guns into a single skill, and we could have thrown you know all. We, we, we could have thrown all social skills into a single skill. Uh, you know we could we could have narrowed this down to twenty skills or even ten skills. But I, I'm and, a
0: streamlining guy, but that's heresy. I'll, yeah,
4: <laughs> but but then you would you wouldn't have the ability. You you wouldn't have that. You know. You, There'd be no point in playing different kinds of cyberpunk games in different facets of the world because they would all end up feeling mechanically the same. Yeah, so that's why there are a lot of skills. But there, and, you know, there's, if, also, you know, there's
3: also there's you also know, enough specific skills that it, it you'll feel cool when that am, animal handling check comes through and you're like, oh, I have that, I can do that. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, I will. I will tell you the first time they presented me a skill list, and I started th- I started doodling out the character sheet um, on a piece of paper. I, I counted the number of skills that was they gave me. And then I went and I pulled out my latest edition of Call of Cthulhu. And I breathed a sigh of relief because Call of Cthulhu still has more skills than we do.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah, so before we get into talking about net running, which we definitely want to dive into, and I know James has some cool new info to, to drop on people, um, I just want to give w- one more mention about uh, uh, something else in the the rules and the system that has kind of changed a bit that I love is the IP. Um, I know me and Jay, we talked about that on on our uh, podcast episode and stuff. Um, but maybe James, you want to describe it this time that way uh, just comes from a different different viewpoint maybe I don't know, but <laughs> uh,
0: So uh, IP is uh, our XP improvement points, experience points. You have to undergo experiences. ...to improve yourself with points. So uh, it's it's the same thing. It's, um, anyway. Uh, so one of the ways we're doing it now... Uh, ...is... Um, ...it's more holistic... Uh, ...in the way that you get... Um, ...we have different columns of different ways... ...people engage with role-playing games, you know? Some people really want to play combat games... Uh, some people really want to do combat, even if the story might not need combat right now. Uh, they'll find a way to be violent. Uh, sometimes uh, people are like, oh, let's handle this socially. Or uh, they're really into, like, maybe they dress up. That's cool. I've seen some crazy shit on the Reddit. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah.
4: We, we love the crazy shit that, on the Reddit. Please, yeah. please send us your pictures of you dressing Keep up as your
0: characters. Please do. Keep doing it. Um, All of that, that's role-playing too. Um, And because it is, we needed to bake it into how you get IP. Uh, Essentially, what it boils down to is the more fun you have, the more experience you'll get. Depending on the type of player you are. Um, Yeah, I love how
2: it's... Not, you know, it depends on whether it's a session or a full campaign. How how the chart kind of breaks down in the options of rewarding IP, and then like you you just kind of said is it's not just character based IP and experiences that the characters went through in game, but you can also reward the player for playing the character uh, well by being a, a good role player yeah. or like you said in costume and like getting into it. Yeah. and Like I think it's really cool what you guys did there. Like it really kind of uh, I don't know it expands the whole IP experience. You know?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's, yep. and it's less pressure yeah. on, on the players to do, like, specific tasks because they think, like, you know, I want to improve my character, so I should go kill X amount of goons and, and pick X amount of locks to be able to do it. Instead, it's more like, did you guys do the thing and did you do it well? Right. And was everybody having a good time? Okay, boom, this is how much you get, you yep. know? And it's in yep. a really good chart, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, we're just incentivizing people to have fun. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's
1: great. It's, it, it, it
4: all comes down to that. We, just, we, we want, we want them to do, we recognize that, um, just getting experience points, improvement points, level points, just advance your character by killing the monsters.
0: Character advancement points. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Is, yeah. Is, 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 is or even, even just, did you complete the task is kind of boring. Yeah. Um, It should be, did you do the thing, you know, did you engage? Did you engage in a way that makes sense for you? And if you did, you're going to you're gonna advance. Um, and, and the other thing I liked about it is what we, we, we rounded it down to whole numbers. Mm-hmm. Like everything's a multiple of 10, so it's really easy to keep track of the math. Oh yeah. No, yep. And it love
2: encourages that. like epic moments, which I love. And every game has them. Every session, like a player will... You know, roll a really good cool roll, or just describe a you know so, and their action well, and like it just they roll high, and it just it pulls off amazingly, and they accomplish yeah. something within it. Maybe not within the whole campaign, but within that session. And I, like I said, I think it's great that there's yeah. all those types of rewards and things.
3: There's even room for like if that amazing like one in a million chance thing happens, then you guys get even extra rewards for that. So there's even room for yeah. that thing. Yeah, it's awesome. Um yeah. so yeah before yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to make.
2: Yeah, but before uh you know we get into some of the environments and things I just want to dabble in and get more just casual on, on just the style, which I think can be a, a short conversation, but something I want to get into on a couple things. Let's dive into net running. Everybody knows that in 2020 it was it was practically avoided by all GMs and in games people didn't enjoy it. It kind of separated the netrunner from the rest of the team. It it was just too crunchy, it was like a dungeon crawl, and it was just whatever. We don't need to get into that. But let's talk about net running in red and the changes you did make. Uh, James, you wanted to kind of get into some things, maybe reveal some program info
0: and stuff. Sure. Uh, I mean, I've got some cool new stuff to talk about. Um, I'm just going to give a quick, what are we doing different in red? And the answer is uh, we're keeping the net runner with the team um, via just basically how it goes down. Uh, Two – uh, the Netrunner's turns now take place during a traditional combat order, uh, so it's not like uh, oh we'll go back to what the netrunner is doing and then we'll go back to the team. Now the netrunners with the team, they're all operating in the same time scale, um, and that does that does eighty percent of the work. Uh, everything else is just presenting a system uh, that is streamlined enough to be played quickly uh, so it does not bog down play. Um, But also, um, you know, the Jumpstart only had a couple of programs in it. And there, although Interface was the only role ability in the Jumpstart kit, uh, there is so much more that you can do with Interface in the core book than in the Jumpstart kit.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh,
0: and uh, or, 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 that really yeah, or, that did more uh, accurately. There is the exact
1: same
4: of that. amount of stuff, only there's more ways to do it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, and, and there's definitely some some more to it, you know? There's a lot more yeah. that those programs can do. And like, you know, when you said of how it's another thing that I love is, you know, keeping them part of the team, you know, to get into a system, they have to be within six meters unless they have a booster to help and things like that. Yeah. But, I think it's really cool that it's also treated uh, less like VR and more like AR. So like they're still in what, you know, quote unquote, meat space with their team and still have to deal with dangers, you know, in that area while they're dealing with being on the net as well and dealing with programs and dangers in there. I think that's oh, that's
0: a connecting the connecting the experience, the net runners having during their net run with the physical setting is going to be, uh, it's going to make them feel like they're there because they are. Yeah, uh, drones, all of these automated turrets, all of that stuff. Um, you don't need to be a netrunner to hack that, but uh, as a netrunner, you can hack them in a different way. So, like a tech can go up to a turret and go, "I want to get rid of this thing. You know, I want to take this thing over. I want to um, remove the gun, like they do in twenty seventy seven. Uh, I want to um, change the. Uh, I want to basically counter the system." Uh, Netrunners can take control of the system from the back end. Uh, so they get to solve the same problem in a different way um, and they sometimes get to do things that uh, are on the digital end so the tech can't you know, go to the protocol in the server uh, because they're not in the Netrun. Um, mm-hmm. They might you know, override the door lock uh, manually using their tools and some crossing some wiring
3: they're uh, like wizards man they're the ultimate support role for your party because they can do things that you can't even rope. imagine mm-hmm. oh yeah tex yeah.
4: tex Tech, can open the door the net runner can make it so the door will never open for anyone else but you again Ooh,
0: right right they well can put. make the door open and closed every 2.5 seconds too
1: mm-hmm. there you go Man, yeah, that's <laughs>
0: an annoying netrunner um <laughs> uh, so uh what I have to talk about today is the modularity presented uh, in the core rules uh, regarding net running. So, uh, in the Jumpstart kit, we have like three programs. We have one cyber deck. Um, here's how it goes in the core book. We've got you've got your modular cyber deck. Um, it has a certain number of slots in it, and um, depending on how much cash you you know parcel out for this purchase, um, if you're if you, you know, if you don't have that much cash, you're going to have a less, less space to work with. But, um, you should be able to find the money somehow in that city. I, I don't care. uh anyway, uh, in this, in these slots, you're putting in programs. Uh, you can also put in hardware. Um, and they both fight for the same space. Yep some hardware uh, takes up multiple slots and some programs notably black ice take up multiple slots so you're deciding between um, versatility of more smaller programs or power uh, of having i just want to run black ice i want to run hellhounds they're great uh, they reoccur every turn um so how do you get more of these slots? What else can you do with these slots? Um, and what types of things can I actually put in them? Because just me talking about slots, it's not very, it's not very interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Slots, not an interesting topic. Uh, so the programs uh, get to impact uh, more than just damage. Uh, there are programs that destroy other programs. Uh, there are programs that can knock an opponent Netrunner out of the net run to sort of force them to do what we call an unsafe jack out, which is when you don't use a net action to jack out, but you just walk outside the Bluetooth range of the access point. Um,
3: and hopefully say- there's no black ice uh yes, that you left behind
4: when, oh, yeah. yeah remember, remember <laughs> right. when you when you're forced to jack out when you jack out unsafely you're attacked immediately attacked by every piece of black ice that you that that can attack you.
0: Yeah you're immediately uh, if you left any of them via sliding yes so yeah. uh, there is a the decisions you're making here are um, sort of how do you want to play a net runner so uh, it doesn't run into the idea of like all net runners end up playing the same character there is versatility here um, risk reward is how I would
3: how I would put it for sure.
0: If you want more slots, you can do things like integrate your cyber deck into a cyberarm. arm. Uh, you can wear an expensive bodyweight suit and keep a smaller, one slot only hardware on it so that it connects up and sort of acts like a uh, sort of like a fan or something, or you run the wiring through there and it's insulated. Uh, you can talk to your tech because techs can improve basically anything in the game in basically any way. Um, we don't need to get into that because that would take a long time. Oh yeah, uh, so cool.
4: <laughs> but by the way, when, when James is talking about wires and stuff, it should be noted that it is possible to set people on fire. I using, love that. Yes. Yeah, using yeah. a cyber yeah.
0: yeah, so uh, sort of the short version is uh, you don't have room for everything and what you don't bring can kill you. Uh, if you don't have an insulated cyber deck and you're just running into Hellhound after Hellhound and everybody wants to run Hellbolt today, you're going to be an unhappy Netrunner. Yeah. Um, or at least a crispy one. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, this is to say, there's a great amount of modularity in the system. Um, as Jay said, a lot of ways to do the same thing. Your way,
4: yeah. I think that's important. It's um, I like I like to think of netrunning running in red is a lot like chess. The setup's pretty simple, but there's a lot of depth and different things you could do with strategy.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I think it's cool that uh, like you were saying, James. You can net isn't just okay. I'm a hacker. I go and I deal with programs. You can actually play it differently. I don't know if you want to be more stealthy and, and slide around and get around stuff and just be quick and in and out, or you want to be more like with you know, uh, programs and things that you can attack with and be more combat in there in the system. You know, like there, I think there's yeah. different ways, and if you're trying to control things or just extract info, or yeah, there's just a bunch of different ways that you can do it. And I think that's really cool.
4: Yeah, I, I remember um, yeah. the first time I listened to an actual play play through the system. Uh, they got to their first net run, and I timed it. And this was not a in combat net run. This was a separate net run. And it took them 10 minutes. And in that 10 minutes, they, you know, they dealt with two different black ice programs. uh, I think like two passwords and a control node. Yeah. And, you know, 10 minutes is, I mean, it sounds like a lot of time, but it's really not a lot of time. It's the amount of time like your face has going, going to schmooze the bartender to get them to give you the key to the back room or Mm -hmm. the, the thief has to, uh, to sneak down the corridor to, figure out if they can open the door or not it, it's spotlight time and i was really happy because you know that's what we're going for and in combat it goes it, Net runners have more actions than uh everyone else inside the net but they go so fast yeah, yeah. It, you know that that happens in roughly the same time as as a regular shooting action
3: yeah it doesn't and take in, away in from the uh... party you know yeah, I was going to say that. In my experience, the party members are all involved. And, you know, even though they don't know exactly what's going on with net running, it's simple enough that they're like, you know, just forget about that black ice, get the control node. We need that turret or or forget about the file. We, we'd we rather have the cameras. Yeah. And they're helping with all the decision making instead of just saying like, OK, you go play your mini game and we'll wait right here. Right. No, it's, <laughs> it's not like that at
4: all, you know, and because the net runner is. There, as you mentioned, more through an AR than a VR, uh, they can fully interact and say, "Hey guys, I found a file. What should I do?" As opposed to like they're on the ground drooling uh, because they're fully their their mind is is right. inside the net.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, before we we move on to just, I want to kind of go over just a couple of these environments and things and talk a more style. Um, is there any I other?
0: Should, uh, I should probably reveal. Like two new programs. that's what well, I was yeah, going to ask. Is totally there anything right, yeah, anything more for yeah, net running it, you can If say. you don't mind, show off. Show off. Do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, in uh, here, here's a cool one. Uh, Superglue. glue. Uh, so, uh, 2020 players will remember Superglue. It's like the go-to um, net watch program. Um, in Cyberpunk Red, uh, Super Glue is an anti-personnel attacker program. Uh, and uh, what it does is uh, you roll the hit with it. If you do, uh, the enemy netrunner can't go deeper in the net run. Uh, can't go deeper into the architecture like that um, elevator system. Um, or jack out safely uh, for 1d6 rounds. Uh, but they can still perform an unsafe jackout. It doesn't stop them from moving around in meat space and leaving the range of the... Uh, the router or you know i guess turning off their cyber deck uh however they however they want to do that um so and you can only use each copy of this program once per network here's why that's cool uh you can load your own black ice into a net and you can load a couple of them on one turn so if you were to do some things that were rather nefarious and you didn't want an enemy Netrunner just backing up behind a password. Uh, you could sort of freeze them in place and sort of hit them with that one-two punch. Uh, here's an example of something nasty like that that you might combine with it. Uh, Scorpion. Uh, Scorpion is an anti-personnel Black Ice. Uh, its scores sort of mean that it's a really high speed stat, but uh, so it's liable to get the jump on somebody uh, if it's hiding in a net. But you can also run it as an on offense sort of um, as the net runner trying to hack the system against a sysadmin uh, net runner, uh, rather effectively. Um, what it does is it lowers their move score um, if it hits, like in the real world. Um, meaning, if you can't move. It's really hard to get out of the range of an access point to safely jack out or unsafely jack out. Which which means
1: Oh no.
2: Oh, I think we're lo- we lost him. Oh no, he's, oh, no, he's there. there.
0: I'm back. You're back. Hey. But I get caught off. Uh you were telling us. No, right about right
3: there.
2: You got it's hit by you, you got hit by a scorpion and it slowed you down a little. Yeah, that's, uh,
0: yeah. Scorpion glue combination. Yeah. 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 You hit them with that scorpion glue, and then <laughs> you know all that acting up after shooting you and and you know playing around.
4: Ah, that's so they, they can't slide away from your black ice. They can't jack out. They can't unsafely mm-hmm. jack out. Yeah. They just have to sit sit there and fight while you pound on them.
0: Yeah. Or, or they pound you, on you can run, like, Lich or something to drain their stats while they can't move. Mm.
3: Yeah, there's some nasty G- programs, G- man. That as a GM, even, I'm like, oof, when am I going to bring this in and, and not be an asshole?
2: <laughs> yeah we had a, we had a session so, recently like that where our, our netrunner runner his his move went all the way down to like one or something like that and the other players had to kind of carry him around until until that hour passed or whatever <laughs> so you could get back to normal yeah. wow That's thanks like james
0: weekend at bernie yeah
1: yeah
0: uh there are and there are little combos like that all throughout uh the different programs so uh you know, maybe you want to build the deck just to try to do that combo. Maybe you want to build one just in case there is that sysadmin because you want to run those anti personnel programs instead of a bunch of swords. Um, to deal with black ice. Um, maybe you buy a cheaper one just to load the stuff just in case. Yeah. Keep it in your back pocket. Hmm. Anyway. Yep. That's it. No well, no
2: more programs you can reveal, or is that
0: Oh that's a there are a lot more. But, oh, yeah yeah I'll get
2: those that crazy. was great though i'm I'm glad you did man we really appreciate that. I know everybody watching probably appreciates that. It's a lot of fun to kind of get you know parts of things to come and it's exciting um and yeah i i I know that uh you know Jay, you're on a later time zone, you guys are a a little bit ahead, so Absolutely.
1: Talk some
2: more okay cool i don't want to push it too far but i did kind of want to talk nah. about um you know some of the style and the environments and stuff because it's rarely talked about i know you, you can't reveal too much lore it's matching up with 2077 and we can't get too much into details but maybe just at least some of the environment styles and vibes like for instance i I've, was watching some live gameplay from cody uh and and a couple others and mentioning the hot zone right so there's this hot zone that used to be the corporate zone. Um now that is all destroyed and it's rubble and I guess you can still go down in it and explore and you can go multiple layers underground within it, but it is a hot zone. You have to wear like, you know, the whole hazmat suit, radiation suits or whatever. Um and that's the gist that I'm getting out of the gameplay, but what more can you talk about as far as the hot zone?
4: There's a bar in it. <laughs> uh there are a couple. Of, there are a couple of streets that you could you could drive through it on the edges um nice. but yes no there there is a there is a popular booster gang bar uh right on the edge of the hot zone technically in it but not so far in it that you're dealing with radiation regularly now the hot zone is exactly what it sounds like it is the what used to be the corporate center um in the center of the more or less in the center of uh of um
2: um, night city yeah the center of the yeah, center of night city it's, though right
4: yeah it's, yeah it's complicated it's complicated cause it's in center of old night city because night city is bigger geographically than it used to be because it used because uh, it's kind of mm-hmm. by 2025 and 2077 it's absorbed its suburbs um in the same way well, that new york used to be you know just one place and then it started absorbing its boroughs uh so uh, but the hot zone is is a relatively large area still, but in 2045. Uh, and it's not just you know, some places are radioactive and some aren't, and it's, it, the GM will get to decide, oh, well, they're just on the edge, they don't have to worry about wearing a a, a hazmat suit there. Um, but on the other hand, that area is still all crumbled and the roads are all ruined and the buildings are. But you know what's in that center, that center? The old banks. The old med centers, the old mm. corporate centers. There is a lot of good treasure there, if you if you're willing to risk it. And so that's why you got the scavers. Um, you know, in 2077 you see the scavers scavenging people, but in 2045 they're scavenging the hot zone.
2: Mm-hmm. Nice. No, I love it. I love that description because I, I love that red. Just seems so like dirty and raw and gritty, and just has. A lot of potential because it's like rebuilding and coming up. But it's to me, feels extra dangerous because everyone's coming up and trying to find a spot in the city and make a name for themselves. Plus there's all these elements like this, like the hot zone, you know, before it would be like the combat zone. And now it's like you have all that.
4: (laughs) Oh, no. Combat zones. uh,
2: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, That that was my next thing on the list. I wanted wanted to talk about, though, is the combat zone in, in the red because that's yep. obviously you know a yeah part our of combat zones
3: a lot more prevalent now in the red timeline than they were uh, in 2020
4: there there is it, it we we um yeah it it's a fair amount of night city is technically classified as a combat as a combat zone oh boy um uh not, it's clawed back from where it was. Um, and the thing is, is even the places that aren't qualified, cause I think what some of the, uh, some of the, some of the, some of the outskirts, yeah. uh, James are also, it, we say they their threat rating, their security level, a uh, vacillates depending where you are between combat zone threat level and, uh, moderate threat level. So, uh, We'll show you some combat zones. And if you want there to be more, you can put them wherever you want because pretty much it can happen pretty much anywhere in Night City um, with one major exception, which is the executive zone.
0: Right. Okay, cool. so there but, will... uh, if, if you can even get in there, you, you don't have a problem. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that, that's to... why it's not going to happen there.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask too, is because of what happened with the corporate zone and the big bomb. And obviously, that's the new hot zone. So there is a new exec zone. Then there's a, a part for that. Then obviously,
0: oh, it's the, oh, the it's the same it's the same exec zone. Beaver Town didn't get nuked. Nice. So
4: um, the, the, this it depends on where you say it. Um, yeah, you mean like I, living in, in Beaver
2: Town?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I was
2: referring to like corp, yeah. yeah, I'm referring to like yeah. the corp zone where the skyscrapers are and all yeah, the business. There,
4: there's roughly a dozen corporate offices, campuses, headquarters. On the on the twenty forty five map, um, they're all there. Uh, they they are not all centered in one place the way they used to be. Okay, that
2: that's what uh, I was
0: wondering.
4: But they are there this way. Uh, if one of them gets nuked,
0: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they all they want to stay no away from. Wouldn't want to be next to any of them either. <laughs> I, I think there's only <laughs> two. I build my next yeah. office
4: outside of
1: the city. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I
4: think there are only two corpses that are within spitting distance of each other. Um, on the map, and when you find out who they are, those of you who have 2020 lore knowledge will laugh your butts off. Oh boy! <laughs> but they really
0: are in spitting distance of each yes, other. Yes, they they spit awesome. each other quite I mean, often. They probably
4: tested it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm excited. Um, yeah. No, th- cool. there is a map. Uh, it-, it has been worked out. There are there's there's like f- over 40 locations detailed on it. Um, not not to the Night City source book level of detail, right. but a, a good amount of information to give you a good concept of what is in that space and what it's used for. And, you know, this a surprising There's a hotel. There's still a hotel operative, you know, operating. Mm-hmm. There's a bank. Of course, there's a bank. There's always going to be a bank. There's a city hall. You mm-hmm. know, it is not a post-Holocaust world. Uh, this is a city that is rebuilding, not a city that is destroyed.
2: Exactly. And that's what I love about it. Is it's and it's it's like it seems like that perfect balance of just rebuilding, so you still have that danger. You know, it's really yeah. cool. Um, and we mentioned you know the combat zones and and the potential there for more in placing and things that brings me to like the police presence. I'm curious, like, is it still like they avoid the combat zone, or are they strictly kind of focused on exec zones where they're living, and then the the, the different corp areas like private security hired how, how are how is the police presence and red
4: it's complicated uh there is a police presence there is there is an ncpd there is a city-wide police force so we should say that uh the, the police force and the fire force um there's only a few services that are actually city-wide as in they are employed by the city as opposed to employed by districts or neighborhoods within the city at the same time yeah um the police still don't go into the combat zone because why bother right uh they don't care uh They will go up to the edge. They'll even go a little further in if they feel the need to. But unless they really want to or have a real good reason, they're going to avoid it. Um, So what happens is you have – and then the police themselves, they're still rebuilding. Uh, They don't have the manpower or the equipment that they used to have. So you're going to have a lot of – a patchwork of security services and – Various groups, uh, neighborhoods, districts still have their own security forces, private forces that they either, you know, put together like a, a militia uh, to patrol mm-hmm. the neighborhood or they put together or, or they hired uh, a, a security service uh, to come in and uh, patrol the neighborhood. Or maybe they hired you, the edge runners who yeah. are playing this game. Well,
3: depending you depending where you guys are, uh, are doing your crimes or doing the things that you're doing. There's a different security force that's there, whether they're the NCPD or or a private corporate security group that was hired by Night City to take care of that area or et cetera, right?
1: Yeah.
4: If you're near Petrochem's headquarters, you're probably not dealing with NCPD. You're probably dealing with the Petrochem Defense Force. Um, Beyond that, that is not to say there's not what you would call interdepartmental cooperation. Um, for example, if you are a lawman and you call for backup, and you are nowhere, and you are a lawman that is a corporate cop, and you call for backup, um, and you are not in a anywhere near where your corporate security forces would normally be, the local law will come and help you. They'll just send a bill to your corporation later.
3: Right. I love that. <laughs> and, and they, might not the, they might not send the whole cavalry to help you. They'll send like you know yeah. like a squad or yes. two. Or hey,
1: depending
4: yeah. on who's calling. Exactly. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so you know the security, the security situation in, um, in, uh, in, it's, it's sort of like looking at uh, Europe in world right before World War One, where there's just this whole Balkanized set of alliances, mm. and uh, it it is enough that you will have to deal with. So, chances are, wherever you are, there is some kind of law. Uh, if you're near the nomad camps, they'll have their law. If you're near, uh, if you're near the corp headquarters, they'll have their law and uh, NCPD is still out there, and you never know when they're going to show up, or you never know. Maybe the State Ranger's going to show up.
2: Yeah. Nice. No, I love that. So, I love so that.
4: There's, there's, yeah, there's enough law that you still can't just go, I mean, from the combat zone maybe, but you can't just go shooting okay. out any place you want. No, exactly. In the middle of yeah. in the, the Glen. Yeah, I so, love
2: yeah. I love that there's diversity within it. You know, there's still that presence because, you know, as people are rebuilding, they, you know, at least the ones that are rebuilding, they want to be civil, like you said, not the combat zone, but, you know, everywhere else they have at least some form of, you know, protecting the the society that they're creating, whether a neighborhood or a company or the city yeah. or, you know. I love it.
4: I, even in the combat zone, it kind of depends on where you are. Well, there's going to be places in the combat zone yeah, the gangs will do. De- you know, the gangs will protect their neighborhood because it's you know they want to. A- that's where they keep their stuff. Their stuff's getting <laughs> yeah, be destroyed. Changed. They don't want. Yeah, but there's gonna be there's gonna be community trying to make a life mm-hmm. in those areas. You know, all those people that got crowded out of the city, they've got to go somewhere eventually, right? And we know, looking at the 2077 map, that eventually a lot of places that were probably combat zones in 2045 aren't by 2077. Now, nice. this gentrification happens in night city just like it does in the real world
2: yeah no so it definitely seems yeah by 2077 it's like getting pushed out you know just like the real world you know <laughs> but yet yeah. yeah, the the uh yeah. the last it, what's that
4: yeah in fact in fact pacifica is a much better place in 2045 than it is in 2077 um depending on who you are i, I suppose or uh, your perspective
2: yeah, that was the uh, more upper class that I guess lost funding and such. Is that what it was? Or, or am I thinking of a different uh,
1: it was, um, it was, district?
4: I can't go into too much detail, but yeah, 20, 2077 Specifica is a failed uh, attempt to create a entertainment district.
2: Nice, okay. So they
4: ran out of money halfway through remaking it, making a new Vegas, essentially. And they said, oh, well, we're going to leave. And all the people they brought in to build it got stuck there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, unless there's any other question, John, I just wanted to kind of go over uh, night market versus midnight market. If you can just get, you know, as as much as you can, give some detail about how those work and, and what you can find there in, please. in red.
4: So <laughs> oh, you, can, you can find two pages worth of stuff in a night market. <laughs> uh, M- what more,
2: should we tell them, More, please. <laughs>
0: Oh, maybe we, uh, we cut this one. Well, we'll, say, we'll, uh, say, right. well we don't have. To, yeah, we line. don't. Oh, yeah. will we'll say I hate yeah, I
4: mean, night markets are where you get stuff in the time of the red. They're not the only place you get stuff. For example, you can go to a, your local Oasis convenience store, and you can get. Uh, you know, you could get kibble, and and and, and uh, what, what's it called, James? Uh, Trinity Cola. Trinity Cola. Um, And you can can get – you know, you can probably get some prepack and you could probably, you know, pick up – you you could probably actually live out of an oasis. Not a very great life, but you could probably live out of an oasis. You could probably pick up toilet paper there. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're not going to be – there's a lot you're still not going to be able to find. Uh, A night market happens whenever a fixture gets enough stuff to sell. When a fixture or a group of fixtures who work together get enough stuff, they basically throw open a flea market for – night hence being a night market they try to sell as much as possible and then they shut down again before they get busted by the law or or mm-hmm. the local gang or you know before basically anyone can take the stuff from them or arrest them for selling stuff without permits or whatever the situation is and it's can be a little random because it is not oh the fixer is opening you know and here is the stall where you buy food and here is a stall where you buy electronics and here is a stall where you buy books. It is more along the lines of, Oh, the fixers, people found a, uh, shipping container full of phones or the ship or or full of books or full of old MREs. And now they're going to sell them, you know, here at this night market. So night markets are, yeah, they spread the word, you show up, you buy whatever. Um, and then when it's gone, it's gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, a midnight market is a night market, much cooler. Uh, midnight <laughs> market's where you get that. Na- the, 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 there's not much that's illegal in Night City, really. No one cares. You know, if you have an uh, you have an assault rifle, it's probably legal for you to buy it. Technically speaking, you should probably register it with the local authorities. But unless you're in a really high security zone, they're not going to check. Mm-hmm. Midnight markets where you buy, you know, it's the old black markets where you buy the stolen goods. It's where you buy your lost art. It's where you get. Um, Your bioweapons, your nuclear material, um, your corporate secrets, and more importantly, (laughs) it's where the people who are really power players are. And they're a lot like night markets, only chances are you have to get in really good with a really high level fixer before anyone invites you to one
2: nice no i love that and i think it's important to to note anybody that's not familiar with red or know enough about it or new to cyberpunk and what red's doing is you know you mentioned like sourcing things very important huge part of what red is because of the fact that it's all being rebuilt the nuclear fallout transportation we're relying on nomads that's down. communication is down a bit or at least new new functioning uh you know tech being made You're, you're relying on text making stuff revisited factories and things so when it comes to these night markets these midnight markets it like you said it's it's it, a lot of things have to be sourced you know and i think within red that's so cool because you just within what used to might have been downtime that would just kind of be talked about before you get into your session now it can become sessions within themselves you know that you have to get oh, these things. There, so cool. there is
0: no actual downtime in cyberpunk red
4: yeah, uh, yeah. And you uh, mentioned that only
0: or... carefully
4: planned out economic. Time. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's some uh, good okay. stuff, and there's some good stuff in red. Um, you put in, you know, and like I said, it's not to say that you can only get things at night markets. Uh, there's vended machines, uh, which you can get all kinds of cool stuff out of, some really funky stuff out of, um, and convenience stores and bodegas, and even you like Rockland Augmentics. Uh, they have a hospital in town. You can go there, buy a cyberlip, and have them install it on site if you've got the money.
1: Yeah.
4: But um, if you, you know, chances are uh, you're going to get it cheaper and, uh, and faster uh, if you if your local fixer happens to come across uh, a shipment full of old cyberarms, yeah. or you know, you bring them all the old cyberarms that you took off people that you killed in the combat zone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: no and i like how that's right that there i love are, how
4: there are rules for ripping off
0: people's arms and eating them uh, well I was, I was just
2: gonna say too i love that you know there are details about that too there's no more just you know hacking stuff taking it and like that uh the the vibe of it there's it's you know very detailed when it comes to what a med tech can do and a tech and things it's, it's great but without you know obviously can't get into yeah. too much detail but um
4: yeah. med tech's one of my favorite expansions even even the uh, Old cryo systems that you know no one cared about for the old medtechs have some really cool abilities. The one thing that I love about the cryo systems is the one that no one talks about. Sure, it can keep your friend alive, but you know what? You knock someone out, you put them in there. They're stuck in there until you let them out. Yeah,
2: that's really cool. That's a great way to hold someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, we covered the environments. I just want to mention something here from the chat because we do have the live chat going. Um, and I don't know if you, touch can, you, up. Yeah, you can I don't know if you can kind of mention this. We did already touch base on the Night City source book, so Boss Angler, you, you know, we kind of touched base on what, what's gonna be included hey, in boss. the core. Um, Doran, boss who, Angler who is,
4: is is one of our, our beta readers, so oh, nice. shout out awesome. to him.
2: Very cool. Oh And then Punk uh boss. Yeah, we've got uh Doran who is Eric. He plays coupler, our tech, uh, for our red live stream that we do weekly under Cyberpunk Uncensored. He said Is there going to be in red guidelines for creating NPCs or enemy encounters that will be a challenge for the players?
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, Uh, We've got cool – something that I'm really uh, happy about is we've got a great encounter table, and it changes based on the time of day. And there's some just cute little nuggets where maybe uh, some of the daytime encounters are somewhat connected to a nighttime encounter – uh, of a similar role uh, you know during the day you you might see some people and then later at night uh, my favorite example is, is people going to a rock show in the early evening and then
4: late at night they've just left the rock show yeah.
1: that's so, cool uh, yeah, and yeah.
4: It's, actually, it's not too different from the jumpstart kit where in the jumpstart kit we had what three three kinds of enemy NPCs okay. And then we we in this in the counter table we said it, use this te- use this NPC only switch out with this weapon. Um, it's similar only we up the number of NPCs uh, to cover a bigger uh, level of uh, versatility there. Um, and there will be there will be some guidelines. Um, Cyberpunk's harder to, to you, you can't give a combat rating like you can because you know if your group is all, if your group has no solo. Um, and no lawman, and no nomad, you know, and no one, you know, you're a high school. You're playing Ocean's Eleven as opposed to playing, you know, Mad Max. That's going to be a much different set of encounters uh, than the vice versa. So it's it's not easy, but we're, we we've got some good general guidelines to help GMs with that.
0: Nice, very I'm cool. Excited. Yeah, that's awesome. I look forward. I look forward to the all exec um, groups. Hell yeah! Uh, playing uh, Wolf it's of a, Wall
4: Street, it's, it's the intercorporate. The intercorporate task force—just one one exec from each from each of the major corps.
3: Come on, it's going to be four solos, and we all know it.
4: <laughs> well, it's a nice thing too—is is the solo special ability yeah, really, and the, and the way you can buy up skills, you can have some really interesting different solos
3: too. Yeah, hundred percent. But even time.
4: Morgan, even Morgan Blackhand didn't run with just solos.
1: No, yeah,
2: no. Uh, and then we got Richard in the chat it says Fade Two Point
3: i'm not sure what that is
2: yeah is that I, I didn't know if that i didn't know, know if that was somebody that Uh-oh. Did maybe, we get hacked yeah
4: <laughs> I, I i feel bad because my my brain is saying if that is, uh, is that a reference and if it is I, i'm sorry i please explain it because i'm not getting it and i feel bad because if it's something that is cyberpunk i probably should uh,
3: Fast and dirty expendables uh oh, yeah, yeah. So that's, um, yeah so
2: yeah that's exactly what we just covered with the npcs at yeah, least I mean- but
4: you could you could also always grab the templates if you if you run the street if you run the street rat version, um, you will have you will have an NPC on beginning character level fairly easily, fairly fast, and it's it's not that hard to start bumping it up a little. You need to.
3: Yeah, I agree. All right, Cool. Well,
2: yeah, awesome. I think I think we kind of nailed it. You know, we covered everything cyberpunk. Um, really dove into red. We got to, uh, thanks to James for revealing some cool new programs for all the net running fans out there. Um, we got to incorporate some of the cyberpunk uncensored chat and everybody that came over there uh, to contribute some questions or at least to you know chat about what we're doing here. Really appreciate the support there. Um, yeah, thanks guys for joining me. Uh, you know, like I said, this is for a great cause. Albacon is giving all proceeds to the charity helping kids fight cancer. So this is all good stuff. Anybody watching, definitely check out Albacon. We are streaming this live under the Cyberpunk Uncensored brand, but they're going to be reposting this video uh, on their channels and such. So go check it out. Give it a share. Um, also, while you're here, give us a subscribe on our YouTube or our Twitch channel. We'd love to support. Um, give support to our Talsorian Games. You can always go to their site and buy cool shirts, support their gameplay and stuff. You know, check out all, all their games and, and merchandise and uh check out John, AKA John, John, the wise, check out everything he has going on. Um, at the beginning of this stream, anybody that came in late, we kind of go over, uh, everybody's info and stuff. So make sure you check that out once this video is posted. Um, yeah. Any, uh, final words guys, before I kill this transmission?
4: Uh, just everyone, uh, we appreciate, uh, your support and your patience. We know you've been waiting for cyberpunk red for a while. Um, we promise that we've been waiting for it for a while too. Uh, we are working hard. Uh, we have. I can. I can. I will. I will. Co- with confidence, say editing is now done, fully done. Uh, layout is near done. Uh, we are looking at. We're. We're looking at. We're. We're in final days. We're working hard. Um, and as soon as we have some more specifics, we will be broadcasting it out far and wide. But as I said on Twitter a little earlier this week, uh, we are pretty quiet on social media right now, and that is because we're all busy doing doing the work.
2: Hey, thanks so much for bringing that up. I, I wasn't going to ask because I know you guys get asked all the time, you know, about the delays and matching lore with Twenty Seventy Seven, everything you've been doing to make the game as good as it can be and release it properly. Um, you know, I wasn't even going to ask, I'm patient, I'm excited for it, but thanks for bringing it up. Cause I know a lot of people are very excited about it and anxious and they, you know, they want to ask. And that's a great update to know that, uh, you know, you've got everything kind of locked in. You're just working on layout and such. That's, that's exciting. That's really cool.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's ever done until the, uh, until the file, the, the file goes to the printer. And even then <laughs> it's not technically done because, uh, you never know, but we are, we're in a good place. Uh, and even, and it's weird, uh, with 2077, there, there was last minute stuff. There was less a little last minute. It's like, oh, well, what about this? What about that? And what was this person wearing? Uh, so you never know. But we're, we're getting close. And that's why, you know, we don't, we also don't release early. And we were very careful about saying that you guys have the beta rules because things change. Uh, things will change to the last minute because we'll say, oh, we'll go through and go, oh, oh, wow, we forgot this. Or, oh, we need to rewrite this sentence. Or, hey you put that place in the middle of the ocean and it can't be there
2: right (laughs) No, i think yeah you said that uh, you know until the physical copy is printed and distributed out and stuff like it's still yeah you know (laughs) uh, anything's up to change yeah and i love that though i think like i said i think it shows you guys care you want it to be as good as it can be and i think people that see that appreciate it and will be patient take your time make it awesome
3: yeah, and if I, I've said it before, guys, once it comes out, you're gonna forget about all this animosity or anything that you're feeling within yourself. Any, any, uh, anything that you're feeling, where you're like, I just wanted to be here in my hands. Once the game is out and you're playing it, you're gonna have such a good time with it that all this is just a moot point anyway. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think a lot it, of it, it is just excitement,
2: be- you know.
4: Yep, People- Mike and James and the team. have done just amazing things with it nice. yeah awesome. so it really Thanks. is the tightest cyberpunk we've, we've ever put it produced and it's going to be really
0: well laid out too <laughs> oh gosh
4: gosh i'm blushing.
2: i'm so excited well, hey, once again, thanks. That's my last thing, yeah, yeah. Once again, thanks so much for joining me, uh, James Hut, Jay Gray from our Talsorian Games. I really appreciate you guys taking the time, especially Jay. I know you're you're in that later time zone and, and stuff. John Amir, A.K.A. John John the Wise. You know, uh, I've been a fan, and uh, I'm glad that we're we're working together on multiple levels, and you're able to join me here. Um, I love what you do too. Uh, anybody, it's too- an honor, man. thank you thanks so much and uh, yeah anybody tuning in give us a like give us a share tune in give some support to albacon uh and yeah thanks so much take care everybody bye guys